praise you, Lord, I praise you, oh, I praise you, yes, I praise you, how I praise you, my precious Lord. I love you, Lord, I love you, oh, I love you, yes, I love you, Lord, I love you, my lovely Lord. You are worthy, Lord, you're worthy, so you're worthy, so worthy, oh, you're worthy, most holy Lord. Oh, the heavens and the earth, oh, they all shout and proclaim, oh, there's none like you, Almighty God. Oh, the trees of the fields, they clap and rejoice, oh, they sing to Welcome to El Bethel International Ministries' God of Wonders program. Today is the first of a three-part series on the fear of the Lord. What is the fear of the Lord and how can we have it? Why should we have it? Proverbs 19.23 states, The fear of the Lord tendeth to life, and he that hath it shall abide satisfied. He shall not be visited with evil. What a wonderful promise from God. As you listen to this message, please allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart so that you can have the genuine fear of the Lord and have a full and satisfying life. Blessed Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this wonderful day. We thank you for this night, Lord. Heavenly Father, we expect you to speak to our hearts and we thank you for your manna from heaven, Lord. God in heaven, help us, Lord, to take that which your Spirit wants to apply to our hearts, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom, that we may live for you, O God, that all our ways may be perfect before you. Jesus, as many as you love, you rebuke and chasten. Lord, even through the Word, help us to have ears to hear, that we may grow in your grace and be prepared for your coming. We thank you, Lord. Prepare the hearts of the viewers and those who will view this message in later times. In Jesus' name we thank you. Amen. The topic tonight is the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is a topic that most people may not be well versed in. And um, we don't hear it preached that much either. But the fear of the Lord is very important because without the fear of the Lord, we don't have any direction. We don't have any relationship with God, truly, without the fear of God. It's the love of God and the fear of God that go hand in hand, that give us that relationship that's secure, that fellowship with God that's so sweet and causes us to grow in His grace. Fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom is important for us to know how to conduct ourselves in this world and to prepare for the next. The Psalms chapter 111 and verse 10 says this, 
The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do His commandments, His praise endureth forever. So we see that the guidance for living properly and prosperously comes only by the fear of the Lord. Without the fear of the Lord, there is no guidance from heaven. There is no divine prosperity. So we need the fear of the Lord so we can walk with a guide. God Himself will draw near to us and guide us all through life's journey so that we may prosper. There is no good or proper understanding in the ultimate sense for one who doesn't have the fear of the Lord. A person may be wise, they may be smart, they may earn lots of money, they may earn rewards and awards in this life for various pursuits, for various things they accomplish. But friends, without the fear of the Lord, they don't have wisdom from above. They may have the wisdom of the world, but what good is that wisdom if that wisdom will ultimately land that person in hell? What a tragedy. If they have everything this world can afford, and they're sitting on top of the world, but they lose that soul that's the real person inside in the end, what good is it? Having achieved certain goals, and status in this life. A person is not shown to be wise at all if they end up in hell in the end. The Lord Jesus said in Matthew 16 26, For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world, everything, and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul. There is nothing we can trade for the soul. No amount of pleasure, no amount of worldly prosperity, worldly status and achievement can ever be equal to the soul. But if the soul is despised and the wisdom of God and the fear of God is not there, then the other things in life will overpower that soul and drag that soul into hell. And the person will become nothing more than a tragic memory. We want to avoid that. God has not given us a spirit of fear in the worldly sense, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. The fear of the Lord is a different type of fear. So what is the fear of the Lord? There are four definitions that will give a comprehensive understanding of what it is. Many people have a partial understanding of what the fear of the Lord is. Thus, they don't really get to know God Himself. Because when we have the fear of the Lord, we understand God Himself. And we're able to come close to God and walk with Him. The fear of the Lord, first of all, is an awe-inspired respect. An awe-inspired respect of the majesty of the person, the power, and the promise of God. It is an awe-inspired respect. It's a respect, no doubt, but it's inspired by a sense of awe that I am near a holy and awesome God 
His person is so majestic. His power is infinite. His promise is enduring and it is good. What is the promise? Namely his word. God's promise is his word. So that's the first definition. The second definition is the fear of the Lord is in fact a healthy fear of provoking God to anger and moving him to execute his just retribution on disobedience. It is actually also a fear. There is a fear element there. It is a fear also of provoking God. I don't want to provoke God. I have a sense of awe about Him. He's awesome. He's good. And I certainly don't want to provoke God, this holy God, this holy God, Jesus Christ. I don't want to provoke Him to anger, to do the just thing of executing judgment upon myself or others based on disobedience, because of disobedience. So that keeps me away from disobe disobeying God, disobedience. The fear of the Lord is also a ready willingness or inclination to obey God and to please Him. The fear of the Lord, when we say someone fears God in the biblical sense of the word, all that's in the word of God that talks about the fear of the Lord, there are numerous passages. We don't have time to go over all of them. But suffice it to say that the fear of the Lord will move a person, will incline a person to want to please Him and to keep His commandments. That's the third definition of the fear of the Lord. first one is the awe-inspiring respect or awe-inspired respect of who God is and what He is, what He can do and what He's done and what He will do. The second is a healthy fear of not wanting Him to act on His justice against us when we have a way out through the blood of Jesus. We can be washed clean of all our guilt and sin and shame and be prepared to meet Him with no worldly fear but have that relationship with Him because we obey Him, we please Him. The third thing as we just mentioned is a ready inclination to obey God, to please Him. The fourth definition is God comes to a person and brings His holy fear upon that soul. It's not to dread punishment and run away from Him or be afraid every moment that He's going to strike us down. It's not that. In addition to the three definitions, the fourth definition is the fear of the Lord will lead me and you to rely solely or only on God only on God for provision, for protection, and for prosperity. Because we know God and we come to know His majesty and have that healthy fear of Him, His power, and have this respect and willingness to obey Him, we will begin to hold on to Him and lean upon Him and Him alone for our personal and corporate protection, prosperity, and uh, provision. Protection, prosperity, provision. In any order, those three things that we seek after, protection, provision, 
and prosperity. These things God says He will give to the one who truly fears Him. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do His commandments. His praise endureth forever. So the understanding comes in and all of a sudden I understand that I belong to God and so I need not worry. I need not turn to man. I need not turn to my own wits. I need not turn to the climate of society or the forecasts from man. I need not be afraid of anything when I have God as my own personal protector, my own personal provider, God of heaven and earth, my own personal promise-keeping God who prospers me. God is able to do that. Many people turn to so many different things in the world because they want their protection. They will do any one of number of things. They will amass wealth to feel that authority over people. They will amass friends to have strength in numbers, so to speak. They will amass, amass weapons sometimes, weapons, to feel that sense of security. All kinds of strange things people do. We're all strangers to God until we come to God's fold and our eyes are open to the wisdom of God. And God's wisdom shows us that we can trust Him and Him alone for all those things. So if you fear God, you will have a healthy respect for Him, an awe-inspired respect, a healthy fear of God. You will have God as your sole provider, one who prospers you and protects you. You will have a ready and willing heart to say, Lord, like Noah, like Abraham, like Moses, God, whatever you say, I want to do out of my own heart and will because I love you, because you have loved me first. God's love and God's fear, that is the fear of God and the love of God, are closely intertwined. In fact, in some respects, you can say it is the same thing. It is beyond the human mind and comprehension, but the divine wisdom makes a person totally satisfied in God. I want to look at a character in the Bible who was a king of Judah named Jehoshaphat. And we find this story, or part of it, in 2 Chronicles chapter 17. And if you turn there with me, please, we're going to read how God blessed this king. And through looking at his life, how you can be blessed if you but go close to God and learn what this fear of the Lord is and apply it to your life. Even tonight, even today, you can turn a new leaf. Not only come into the kingdom of God if you're not saved, by simply saying, Lord Jesus, I have sinned against you. I have tried to run my own life, to try to get a handle on my own life with failure after failure. I can put on a good front and an image, but I have no satisfaction. Oh God, receive me into your kingdom through the death of your beloved son Jesus on the cross of Calvary. Lord, in exchange for my sins that he took upon himself on the cross, you give me your righteousness. And God will do that. Secondly, those who are in Christ know the Lord to some extent, have tasted of his goodness, 
cannot deny that God was the one who woke you up today. Cannot deny that God is the one who has protected you. Those people who are Christians, who know of God, cannot deny that God is the one who has given them a measure of prosperity. Without God, it is impossible. They know that. But they don't have the fear of the Lord to accompany that understanding of His goodness. When we look at Jehoshaphat, we'll see that he made some choices. He made some decisions to be different from the society that was around him. To be different from the evil generation that went before him. Jehoshaphat, in chapter 17 of Second Chronicles, it reads this way, And Jehoshaphat his son reigned in his stead, and strengthened himself against Israel. And he placed forces in all defense cities of Judah, and set garrisons in the land of Judah, and in the cities of Ephraim, which Asa his father had taken. And the Lord was with Jehoshaphat, because he walked in the first ways of his father David, and sought not unto Balaam, but sought to the Lord God of his father, and walked in his commandments, and not after the doings of Israel. Therefore the Lord established the kingdom in his hand, and all Judah brought to Jehoshaphat presents, and he had riches and honor in abundance, and his heart was lifted up in the ways of the Lord. Moreover, he took away the high places and groves out of Judah. Also in the third year of his reign he sent to his princes, even to Ben-Hail, and to Obadiah, and to Zechariah, and to Nethaniel, and to Micaiah, to teach in the cities of Judah. And with them he sent Levites, even Shemaiah, and Nethaniah, and Zebediah, and Asahel, and Shemarmoth, and Johanathan, and Adonijah, and Tobijah, and Tobadonijah, Levites, and with them Elishama, and Jehoram, priests. And they taught in Judah, and had the book of the law of the Lord with them, and went about throughout all the cities of Judah, and taught the people. And the fear of the Lord fell upon all the kingdoms of the lands that were round about Judah, so that they made no war against Jehoshaphat. Also some of the Philistines brought Jehoshaphat presents and tribute silver. And the Arabians brought him flocks, seven thousand and seven hundred rams, and seven thousand and seven hundred he goats. Jehoshaphat waxed great exceedingly, and he built in Judah castles and cities of store. And he had much business in the cities of Judah. And the men of war, mighty men of valor, were in Jerusalem. And these are the numbers of them according to the house of their fathers. Of Judah, the captains of thousands, Adna the chief, and with him mighty men of valor, three hundred thousand. And next to him was Jehananan, the captain, and with him two hundred and fourscore thousand. And next to him was Amasiah, the son of Zikri, who willingly offered himself unto the Lord. And with him two hundred thousand mighty men of valor. And of Benjamin, Eliada, a mighty man of valor, and with him armed men with bow and shield two hundred thousand. And next to him, Jehazabad, and with him an hundred and fourscore thousand, ready prepared for the war. These waited on the king beside those whom the king put in the fence cities throughout all Judah. God shows here how a man is so blessed, so blessed. He has the prosperity of God, the protection of God, and the promises. Just like God promised David that his descendants will be eternally blessed if they keep the will of God, the word of God, Jehoshaphat is enjoying that favor of God right here in this chapter. We finish off this section of the chapter with 
so many thousands of men in his army, men of valor, men of might, men of skill, just totally made all the surrounding nations afraid. It was God's doing. God gave Jehoshaphat, if you total the number of men there who were ready for battle, more than a million men, more than one million men ready to fight for the land of Judah. God has given all this to Jehoshaphat because he feared God. How, do, how did he fear God? How did he fear God? So we can understand whether we fear God. Isn't that right? That we look to the pages of the Holy Scriptures and let it act as a mirror for us so that we can see whether we are actually where we should be. We may have been Christians for a long time. Perhaps we have newly come into the faith. We may know many scriptures. We may have even taught the scriptures. But all of that means nothing before God if we don't apply the scriptures. When we look at the word of God and we look at Jehoshaphat, the way we know that he feared the Lord, that he had the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom, is that he, first of all, did not imitate the evil society around him. You see, the two kingdoms were divided. You had Israel in the north and Judah in the south. They were collectively one nation called Israel. But when Rehoboam, son of Solomon, sinned, God tore the country in two. Solomon himself sinned, tragically, in the end. So God prophesied that it would be split. And thus, generation after generation, it became divided. But the land of Judah had God's favor because of a righteous man, Jehoshaphat. He looked at Israel and saw all the atrocities they committed, all of the vile things, idolatry. He made a choice not to do those things. It says here in verse 4, But he sought to the Lord God of his father and walked in his commandments and not after the doings of Israel. He didn't imitate the evil society around him. He made a choice. He respected God with that healthy respect so that he disrespected, despised the evil society, the disobedience of the evil society around him. How do you, you and I live in the evil society that we're in the midst of in this generation? Do we have that healthy respect for God that we wouldn't think twice before we side with the Lord on any and every issue, whether it is a, a philosophical thing or whether practically in action we take a stand, we take a step in activity. When we say, God, I fear you, therefore I will do what you like. Jehoshaphat didn't imitate the evil society, nor must we. If you and I fear the Lord, we will be different from the evil society around us. There will be a complete difference. We will be so different, not on the outside in the flesh, but in our spirit, in our character, in our actions and decisions, that we will be known as strangers and pilgrims in this world. This is what the Lord says in Peter, in the New Testament. If there is not a strange characteristic about us, for godliness sake, for righteousness sake, even within sometimes our own families, when we take a stand for righteousness and for Jesus Christ, if we're not perceived as strange by those who do not understand and do not follow the ways of the Lord, then we have compromised. We don't possess the fear of the Lord. We can read the Bible and go to church, but that doesn't mean we have the fear of the Lord.
The fear of the Lord is shown by our inmost inclination to side with God and not with the evil society around us. So would you rather disrespect the evil around you, have no part with that, rather than disrespect God? Would you forego the company of those who do things very clearly against and contrary to God's word and side with God, be counted perhaps a loner, a minority? With God, one is a majority. We hope that the Lord has spoken to your heart in this first of the three-part series on the fear of the Lord. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your precious word once again. We thank you, God, for showing us that we should follow the footsteps of King Jehoshaphat. Father, to do your will at all costs and never compromise with the evil society around us. God, help us to stay separate faithful to you and having your fear within our hearts that we can walk in your love and in your fear and be a light in this world for Jesus Christ. Bless the viewers and the listeners, strengthen their hearts and help them to live a life of no compromise following you Lord all the way in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We'd love to pray for you and if you have any prayer requests, any praise reports, any question on the topic that you have heard on the fear of the Lord, please do contact us. We'd love to help you in any way we can. For the phone number, please dial 001-845-360-0534. Email us at prayer at Elbethel International Ministries Org. We invite your correspondence to El Bethel International Ministries, Post Office Box 966, Goshen, New York, 10924, USA. You may also visit us on the web at www.elbethelinternationalministries.org. Until next time, may God richly bless you.